0: Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range podcast studio getting ready to record episode number 105. We're going to talk about some advice for new coaches and teaching skills and how to do a better job with it. Before we do that, let's talk about our sponsors, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus nine rocket tech. save a little bit of money on a great bat, and also help support Everything Fast Pitch at the same time. And let's talk about patreon.com slash pitch. If you're in a position where you can help support us, we would love for you to do that. Coach Don and I love doing the podcast. We're very fortunate. We've got a strong group of family of patrons that have been supporting us for a while. But if you see value in what we're doing, if you really uh, appreciate uh, Everything Fast Pitch and Coach Prep, if you're in a position to become a patron, we would love for you to do it. It's 5 10 or $20 a month and it's what's keeping the wheels turning, uh, keeping this whole thing moving forward. Um, I promise Coach Don and I are not getting rich in the podcast business, but we would like to at least break even someday.
1: Cost fees, postage, uh, there's tons of behind the scene things. That, right. Yeah.
0: And and we love doing it, and so we appreciate the patrons. If you're in a position where you can become a patron, go to patreon.com slash pitch. So, Don, new coaches, specifically, but pro- probably all coaches. Sure. One of the things we wanted to be thinking about is that we see this game and we see like the main skills so we see fielding we see hitting we see bunting we see some of these things that are the core parts of the game the things that have to happen for us to play the game while pitching catching all those things that are skilled and skilled positions and the thing that i think happens sometimes is that for coaches is that we see the big skills but we don't see all the pieces that go into teaching those skills well, and all the things that we have to be aware of if we want the kids to do those bigger skills those more the bigger pieces of the game well and I want us to talk about it a little bit today because I think it's a it's a good reminder for all coaches to be looking at if a player is struggling with fielding that there's about a hundred different things that go into fielding a ground ball that all can be and possibly should be broken down into smaller pieces and practiced as part of the bigger piece instead of just getting frustrated and saying, okay, you know, Don's struggling with his fielding. I'm going to go out and hit a you know a couple hundred missiles at him and he's going to figure it out. And he'll get better.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's great too, uh, to break things down and really good coaches are able to do that stuff and they can see what part might be missing and then identify a, a drill that will be helpful and and or just to incorporate all those other little pieces as part of the buildup to those missiles,
0: right? right? Well, and when we think about fielding, because I think fielding is a pretty good example, there's about a thousand different things that a kid can do with her glove. And some of them increase the likelihood that the ball's going to end up in it, and a bunch of them don't. And if we don't break down the glove skill aspect of it, helping them figure out how to move to the ball and get their glove really open to the ball so that the ball's got the best opportunity to go into the glove. So sometimes it's as simple as, you know, down on your knees with somebody rolling a ball to you really slowly, reaching out and reaching out and and, it in and, in. and figuring out how to get the glove face really open to the ball so the ball's going to go in your glove instead of, you know, it's at 3 quarters or half or or quarter open and and then trying to, you know, be frustrated that the ball doesn't it could be you know something as simple as where your feet are placed in re- in relationship to trying to field the ball so sometimes we have to work on widening the base sometimes we have to work on helping kids get a wider base and 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 figure out how to move their glove to where the ball is actually going and needs to be fielded you know sometimes it's you know how to move their center of gravity so that their body is actually behind the ball you know sometimes it's that first step you know getting them quicker to move in the direction where the ball is so they can get to it more comfortably. Sometimes it's just the ready position that they're in to make and sure they that they're narrow or wide. right. Or, yep. and looking at a player who's struggling with a skill and then being able to look at, and in your mind's eye as a coach, to see all those little pieces and start to identify, well, where do we start? I think that the challenge is, because a lot of us think that repetition in and of itself will solve the problem. And now I'm going to throw this out there. Repetition will help solve some of these problems. But do we want it all to be trial and error and the kids have to learn it all on their own because we just keep hitting them balls and they make one play and then they mess up one play and then they make one play and then they mess up one play and in their mind they're doing all the math themselves and figuring it out for themselves? Or do we want to look at it and say, okay, Don needs to do a better job of getting his glove open. Let's spend the first five minutes working just on that. Let's put him down on his knees Let's roll in some balls, work on, you know, this piece of this bigger puzzle and see if we can't move the learning curve along a little bit faster.
1: No, and I think too, time is uh, valuable. So for us to be efficient in our practice is important. But for coaches that are just getting started as well, it might be an experiment, right? They've got to experiment with the drills that are going to be most helpful until they figure out what what is going to be most useful. And I like the idea um, of Yours to say, hey, let's take little pieces to make right. the big piece proper.
0: All right. Well, I've I've done enough uh, of the guest coaching stuff, you know, the rent to coach stuff that we do, and a lot of times what ends up happening is I I will kind of go there and observe a little bit before I take any kind of a uh, active role in what's going on to try to get a feel for what you know the atmosphere is, kind of how those coaches are used to doing things, and one of the things that I've seen way too often and this is across a, you know, a wide spectrum, not just beginning coaches, some more experienced coaches as well, that we are in such a rush to get to the big pieces that we don't spend the time that all. we need to on the yep. little pieces, or don't yep. spend any time at all, as you're saying. Uh, one of the things that we've talked about a lot is you know, setting up a, a simple set of fundamental pieces, you know those everyday kinds of drills that we want our players to do to help them work on the small pieces. And depending, again, on the skill level of your kids, you know, it might be five by five kind of thing where, where you roll me five ground balls and I roll you five ground balls. And all we're doing is working on, you know, the most fundamental pieces of fielding. It might mean, you know, down on our knees, rolling balls back and forth to each other so we can work on our glove positioning and our, and our hand positioning when we're fielding. It might mean, you know, breaking down throwing into very fundamental pieces of throwing to improve it. But so being able to look at the big picture and find some of those little pieces and make it a routine thing that we do as a part of every practice. And so if I'm coaching a young team that has a lot of kids that are struggling with fielding, you know, we're going to teach them how to do some knee drills, you know, some of those uh, Ozzie Smith drills where they work with each other, rolling each other ground balls. And they're down on both knees and they're working on getting the glove open and seeing the ball into the glove and their eyes follow the ball in and all those really simple fundamental things. And that might be two or three minutes at the start of every practice. You know, then we might have them stand up and do basically the same thing with each other for another two or three minutes. Then we might have them actually moving side to side a little bit for a minute or two and slowly but surely building up to it. But you can tell from the way this discussion is going, for every time that I've seen that happen doing a practice, right? I've shown up and seen kids that are barely even warmed up, barely even have broken a sweat yet, out there in a line of 10 or 12 kids deep, with a coach hitting a ground ball to the first kid in line, and varying in difficulty from pretty difficult ball to absolute missile to kids that don't even know for sure exactly how to get the glove face open so the ball might go in it if they are in the right place. So I know, and you and I
1: are so used to all those other little pieces because we have so much time available to us when we're around kids every day. But for the limited time, I think that it, to your suggestion, I think it would be really, really beneficial for us to take less time for those, you know, rockets and more time for the little pieces, just like you're right. saying. And I think that that's going to build up to a much better player. When we go out and look at a really, really good player that moves to the ball well that reaches out in front that receives it that cradles it brings it in transitions to a good throwing position all those things don't happen happen from that rocket right that you're seeing in practice all those amazing things are from those little tiny drills that would lead up to you know getting a few ground balls as well i think that your point's wonderful saying that hey let's make more time for the little pieces And the big pieces will take care of
0: themselves. Right. Well, And I I know what happens to a lot of coaches is they look at it, well, I only get an hour on the field. I only get an hour and a half on the field, and I get bumped off. I I can't be wasting time doing these knee drills. Well, the thing that I tell everybody is you might only have an hour and a half on the field, but you don't necessarily only have an hour and a half at the park. Yeah, I was going to say. And a lot of this stuff mm -hmm. you could be doing outside the field as part of your pre-practice warm-up stuff. You're getting ready to practice stuff. So maybe if, you know, if, if your practice time every week is at noon, you meet with the kids at 11 and, you know, they do their stretching, they do their jogging, they, you know, find their partners and we find some, you know, because if we're talking about knee drills, let's say, as, a, as part of our everyday package, we need maybe eight feet between kids to do it so that could be on the sidewalk it could be across the sidewalk with each kid on either side of the sidewalk you know kneeling on the grass the sidewalk giving you nice bounces right, right? i mean there, nice there's hops, uh, there's yeah. a million ways oh. for us to build this stuff in and not have it take away from the quote unquote practice time Real that time. we have yeah. um, and because and i understand that time, you know time is everybody's enemy in in all this that we've got to figure out a way to to get this stuff done but if my choice was doing the fundamental pieces or hitting rockets i would take the fundamental pieces every time because all that's happening when we're when we're scorching balls at these kids that aren't ready for it is we're scaring the heck out of them if one of them does get hit or takes a bad hop or whatever and they get hurt that scares everybody it you know makes me feel terrible because i hurt some little kid that you know wasn't ready for me to hit the ball that hard at them and on and on and on the list goes of things that can go wrong because of that now is there a time and a place for that? Of course there is. Sure. But it's after we've increased the likelihood that the kids can can make some of those plays and their confidence right. and and, yep. uh, and the old uh, tough love idea of, well I'm just going to keep hitting rockets at you and you'll feel grow tired of getting hurt. So you'll start making the plays, I don't think is a logical way to approach it. So
1: as old coaches too, Tori, we've hit lots of ground balls and I can hit a good backhand, but I can surely throw a really good backhand, you know, in these drills that you're talking about and they can get five awesome backhands in 30 seconds, a minute. For me to do that out on the field is going to take quite a while for me to hit really good backhands from, you know, from a shortstop distance. Right. So we can get a lot more work done. We can get a lot of reps. We can create confidence hand-eye coordination. All that stuff's going to happen really quickly. you got, just like you said, in some type of a line drill, you've got every kid getting a backhand instead of one. Right. You know, yeah. One and, at a time. And if we,
0: if we have the kids working with each other on some of those everyday drills, so instead of me being the one that rolls the ball to them, they're rolling it to each other. And Mm -hmm. I know you're going to say, well, I've got six-year-olds, I've got eight-year-olds. Well, eight-year-olds can still roll the ball to each other. We just got to teach them how to do it. Because they're going to be nine-year-olds pretty soon, and they're going to be better at it. Right. And we might get a little bit frustrated, but what's more frustrating for a coach? To have a line of 12 kids with 11 of them not paying attention so you can work with one, or to have six sets of partners that aren't great at something, but at least they're all working on it. One rep better. Right. So the the, the logic is something we just have to ap- approach a little bit differently. But So the whole idea of how do we make our kids better at these big things is we got to be able to break it down to the littlest things. If a kid's a terrible bunter, and all we do is set the machine at 65 and shoot balls at them, and we expect them to figure it out, if we haven't taught them how to hold the bat the right way, if we haven't taught them the hand position, if we haven't taught them how to turn their body and pivot their feet and get their eyes in a position where they can see the ball all that's going to happen is frustration anger and disappointment and they're not going to be better bunters you're going to be doing this again the next, <laughs> yeah, the next day and the next day and the next day and the next week and you're going to look back at the end why of the year and you're wonder, well, we're still t- we're still bad at bunting why are we still bad at bunting well because we didn't see the solution we just saw a way of of trying to uh you know throw throw something at it and hope that it would stick but so thinking about the skills Be more analytical. Look at the little pieces. Make sure that we're practicing the little pieces all the time. If we're not practicing the little pieces all the time, I have this discussion with hitters every single day, every single lesson. If we don't think about the most fundamental pieces, your whole swing's going to fall apart. And this can be really good hitters. And Don, I know you see this too, where you'll have that kid that's a really strong hitter but all of a sudden, she gets just a little bit lazy with her foundation, gets just a little bit lazy with her footwork, just a little bit lazy with her hands. And all of a sudden, that kid who was taking million-dollar swings 99% of the time looks like she's you know, as lost as last year's Easter egg. You know, the little pieces are important, and, and for us as coaches, we've got to be paying attention to it.
1: No, I think that routine is important, and it goes for fielding. It goes for, you know,
0: all aspects of the game. So coaches, tag, you're it. All right, so, Don, that's going to wrap up number 105. Make sure you check out our sponsors, Anderson Bat Company, patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. Please make sure you go to the fastpitchprep.com website, order your SquareCuts training discs, access the YouTube channel and the uh, blog post. There's hundreds and hundreds of pieces of information there um, that you can have access to. So for Coach Don McKinley and our producer, Stan Lewis, this is Coach Torres, and thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.